When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yes, yes. Welcome into the Tim McKernan Show here on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Very excited to bring you our guest this week, presented by Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies in the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Not on the phone, not via the Bronx, but in Kirkwood, in the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Ladies and gentlemen, New York Yankees first baseman, Luke Voigt. In this conversation, I am confident, will fall under the umbrella of, man, I really enjoyed his honesty. There are going to be a few moments over the course of the next hour or so as you listen to this, or maybe you listen to it spread out over a few days. That's what I wind up doing with interviews, by the way. Usually, uh, Howard Stern is where I'll listen to many of my interviews, Mark Marin, wherever I'm podcasting. And, uh, and I'll spread it out over a few commutes or, you know, workout sessions, whatever. So anyway, the point, is, you know, that's not the point. That's not the point. The point is this, is that you're going to go, wow, can't believe he just said that. That's Luke Voigt. And we talked about a few things that I think are going to stand out to people as far as his honest answers. His reaction when he found out he had been traded from the Cardinals. I think that's going to stand out to you. And his reaction to the Houston Astros and the allegations surrounding the situation, I shall euphemize that, uh, uh, with how they would handle the home plate pitch-tipping signals at, uh, at Minute Maid Park as Luke's Yankees were vanquished uh, by the Astros. And uh, before Luke joined the Yankees in 2017, they were vanquished by the Astros. And uh, he didn't pull punches there either. So this was one of those interviews where, you know, Luke and I, I guess we had done something. We had done a remote at, um, I think it's called 314 Training Academy, if my memory serves. And, uh, and we took some cuts in the cage. And I know he was really impressed. I know he was really like, wow, man, these guys should be playing, not me. And... Um, but it's not like we'd ever really had a long conversation, but, but, uh, wound up texting and he's like, um, yeah, man, I'll come in. I'm like, sweet. This will be great. And, uh, and then we did the interview about an hour and then we wound up talking for like 30 minutes afterwards. Just really good conversation. Good guy, baseball guy. Uh, and, uh, and I'm confident that you're going to enjoy the conversation. Uh, and I want to drive this home. You know, this, this podcast is, is made possible by the sponsors. And um, I gather it's catching on, which is quite lovely. That's, uh, of course, what you always want. But uh, you never know if it will. 
But the reason why I think it is is because the audience knows that on on Mondays, you know you're going to get a new interview. I keep saying, I don't know how long we can keep this up with a new interview every single week, but, you know, here we are, two plus years in, what, 26 months in, and we have a new interview every week. Um, And, you know, you have the questions from the audience segment every Wednesday. Email me any question you want. T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. And I'm talking anything. doesn't have to be sports-related. T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. And then the Pick 6 podcast, our gambling podcast. So you know you have that. So support the sponsors. Subscribe to the podcast. Spread the word around. I think you're going to enjoy this conversation. Recent conversations, of course, this week, Luke Voigt, presented by Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. Uh, Then you also have Courtney Bryant uh, this past week. Uh, Mark Monavani the week before. We've had some incredible interviews, and they're they're all there. As, as I, when somebody tells me about a new podcast, like Gangster Pete, with well, I knew about Joe Rogan, but he like would recommend podcasts, and then you kind of binge listen. You can binge listen this podcast if you're just becoming familiar with it. Uh, all the interviews, um, please do subscribe and spread the word because I do think we have a good thing going here, and that's a credit to the the producers and the guests who come in. Uh, and we're very grateful to the sponsors. Ryan Kelly's the Home Loan Expert. He's online at thehomeloanexpert.com. And if you are looking to buy a home, if you are looking to refinance a home, make sure that you go to thehomeloanexpert.com. The man just got done climbing a mountain, an active volcano for that matter, in Ecuador to raise, I think he's raised $65,000 for uh, the climb for the kids. And he went and climbed the mountain himself. And this guy, he's a good guy, and he's going to be able to save you money. His business continues to grow because people know that. It's Ryan Kelly, thehomeloanexpert.com, our studio. And that's where Luke Voigt joined us here on the Tim McKernan Show. Luke, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, man. Uh, I'm excited to be here. I think you really are, though. I don't think you're just saying that. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) But we were texting, and you said, and I'm honored by this, so I'm going out of my way to essentially... Uh, service myself by bringing this up that you had some friends who said you got to do the podcast yeah I, i'm honored by that i got a group chat from high school buddies and college buddies and you know we sometimes look at my phone i'll get over like 115 texts and i'm like God, what are you guys doing all day you know <laughs> but you know i threw that in there and they're like oh we got to do it so all, all five of them said you got to do it so. i am i'm honored by this now these are guys yeah local where? guys um most of them went to high school with one of them went to college with he grew up in in um Ed, or Edwardsville, Edwardsville, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so STL guys, Blues, Cards, Rams fans. Well, we're Rams fans, but yeah, sure, absolutely. Former. Well, this is uh, it's great to have you. I've wanted to have you in, and I was like, yeah, I wonder if he's in town. And so you're in you're in St. Louis during the off season. Yeah, St. Louis is home. Um, for the for beautiful or foreseeable future, I don't know how long that'll be. It just depends on what happens with baseball. But you know, both of our families are here, and that being my wife, and um, you know. The only thing, the bad part about it is it's cold in the wintertime. I, I need to be outside for my baseball activities. But, you know, it's it's good to be back home, back in the loo, you know, um, you know, being with friends and family again and, you know, getting away from the New York City limelight. So. I can't stand the cold weather. And for whatever reason, I as I get I older, either. it's starting to bother me more. Now, you're in a position where you go, well, I got to go live down in what you guys are in. Tampa. Saint, Tampa. Okay. Yeah. And you could be down there. I'm sure there's probably some guys down there. Is, is it oh, is. there's guys that have houses, but I mean, everybody's all over. And I mean, every guy I've seen to play baseball is from California too. So it's California. California. I, feel like Florida, I was just down in Florida last week, and I'm like, and we went by a ball field. It's November, and, and the playing. lights are on, and people are playing. I'm like, that's why most of the ball players come from take yeah. your pick: California, Arizona, Florida. Yeah. And obviously, Florida's got the no income tax too. So it's... that's a lovely part of it as well. <laughs> yeah. 
So yeah, it's that, and actually Nashville's becoming a popular area now because of the same kind oh, of thing. Oh yeah, yeah. So that helps the cause. So when you're in St. Louis during the off season, where are you? Uh, where are you getting your work in? Um, I still work out at Fitzmore's Performance it's in Ellisville. I've been working out there since I was in high school. Um, there's a couple of minor league guys that come in and work out, but it's mostly high school college kids. Um, and then I hit it three on four. Academy. Which yeah, you got a chance to see us put on a clinic there last yeah. year. I'm sure my swing has stood out to you. <laughs> my uh, my launch angle is something to behold. Yeah, I was actually uh, talking to Big City last night, and he's we're thinking about hitting together this offseason. Oh yeah, too. he was just in studio yesterday. Yeah. Really? Yeah, he was in studio. Yeah, um, how about that? Yeah, and he's getting married in like less than two days. weeks. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So. I was happy for him. It's pretty. It's had to be pretty fun, and you know, I'm sure he's not going to get another chance to make some more money somewhere else. So. I know he's in a nice little spot and yeah. coming off winning a world championship. Yeah. So you get hurt in September, mm-hmm. right? No, I got hurt in like. Well, you got hurt. You got hurt over in London, didn't you? Yeah, I, <laughs> but you were done in September. I thought I didn't play. I, I pretty much got hurt. Doctor told me it was a strain. Um, so what hat was it? I rehabbed it for like two to three weeks. It's that whole. Sports hernia, even though they don't call that anymore, it's it's called a core muscle injury now. I think it's just for that general area. Um, so I tried coming back, um, just couldn't get to that like top speed. I'm not saying I'm a speedster or anything, but right. I mean I'm I'm supposed to hit you know extra base hits for sure. But um, came back and I still I just couldn't get through it. And I, I so I played for a week and it just kept getting worse and worse. And I I took myself out of the game. I was like Stevie, who's our trainer. I was like I can't do this anymore, man. So anyway, so then I got a cortisone shot, was out probably another five weeks, and then I came back in September, and it helped a little bit, but it kind of helped me maintain it. Like, I'd have good days and bad days, yeah. um, and then I was I was, I was was awful in September. I just wasn't myself. I was all upper body swinging, and, you know, then the postseason happens. We got, we lost, and then literally two days after the, or two days after the season, you know, I went home, and I flew back up to Philadelphia where he's, uh, Dr. Myers is a specialist. He's done guys from Verlander to J.J. Watt to, yeah. you know, Gardner had done him and Carnosa Young guys I play with, so they all, you know, recommended him. And then, yeah, I went in and got another MRI, which is like my fourth MRI in that area. And the guy's like, man, you completely tore both sides, man. All three, you got, you know, three main pretty much tendons, your adductor, your pectineus, and your rectus muscle, which kind of holds your pelvic bone and your hip bone in, in position to be, allow you to, like, you know, move your legs and, you don't realize how much your core is actually used getting uh-huh. out of bed, coughing, sneezing, laughing, like all that kind of stuff. And so then I ended up getting double bilateral her- hernia surgery. And, um, yeah, it sucked, man. Those, that first week, if you ever have to get that surgery is brutal, man. <laughs> brutal. Like you're talking about I, my miserable wife, pain? My wife had to put me to bed. I couldn't get up, couldn't move. And like when I was sleep, you know, I roll around and stuff, couldn't do that. And I... <sighs> Could, like when I was laughing, I was like, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> some little bullshit sissy laugh, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then you know, I finally, um, after about a couple of weeks, I mean, I'm already lifting and running and you know, cutting and everything, and it's only been you know almost five weeks, and I almost feel like 100 percent again. Really? So, yeah. Well, that's damn quick. It's super fast, and I mean, they say it's six weeks, but I actually have you know four months to you know take my time, so I don't have to rush it and. Um, yeah, so I've been back here. They recommended a guy uh, down at WashU that's been doing my rehab with me, and uh, it's been good. When when that happens, I'm curious what the mindset is because you're still. It's not like you've got a five year contract. I mean, you're still trying to prove yourself. Yeah, win a job. Things have been trending up for certain. My God, and then it's just like I don't want to say it's taken from you, but you're on the shelf, and there's like nothing you can do. And if anything, yeah. the right thing to do is to 
sit it out, which is probably counterintuitive to the way that that your inside competitive oh, model is. It's the hardest part. It's just because I'm the biggest competitor in the world, and you know, I don't want to let my my guys down. But then when I was playing, I was you yeah, know, you were freaking terrible. Yeah, um, but it's just hard because. Like you say, like, as long as you feel, you know, good enough, you know, and especially when it's that September, October baseball, man, you don't want to miss it. And it sucked sitting there watching, too, because I can't, I, I mean, I couldn't do it. If, if I was out there, I wasn't really going to help the team because I couldn't do yeah. anything. So, Did you go on the road? I did, yeah. which was even the hardest that part. Makes, I was wondering if that made it tougher. Yeah, it's just, and I knew they were going to keep the extra pitcher, and it sucked. Cause, I mean, there's no point. I mean, in the American League, there's no point to have an extra spot. and. You know, they're just going to shift DJ over, and I, I got it. I mean, it made sense and um, frustrating, but, you know, obviously after I saw this doctor in Philadelphia, it, it proved the point that I was really hurt, and I didn't – I kind of had that mindset that I was fine. Like, it was like a hamstring, you know, kind of mm-hmm. thing that, you know, I'd eventually get back to get, being good and as long as I took care of myself, and then I just kept making it worse and worse and worse to where everything pretty much was gone. You guys uh, had a hell of a season. Yeah. I mean, team raked. Not that that's necessarily surprising when you look at that lineup. And then you run into the Astros. Um, you're observing it. Yeah. What was your takeaway from that series? It, And I think that's why the Nationals won is you got to have two horses at the top, maybe even three. Um, and I know we had the bullpen route, but I think a lot of our guys got worn down towards the end of the season, even though we had plenty of them. We just couldn't get our starters. Like, I mean, Massa had a really good start the first game, and then we just couldn't get, like, consistent depth to where we had to keep using our big-time guys in, you know, earlier spots in, like, the fourth or fifth inning instead mm-hmm. of saving them for later innings. And um, I think we had a chance, man, and we just kind of didn't have that timely hitting either to where even though – we relied on the home run a lot. Like, we never got that big home run. And don't get me wrong, we're facing Garrett Cole and Verlander, and they got plenty of guys in their bullpen that are good enough to, you know, shove it up anybody. But, um, it, I mean, it was a coin flip series, honestly. And I think maybe it was the pitching, but, I mean, there wasn't a lot of runs. I mean, it was, you know, 3-2, to 4-1, to one, you know, ball games. It wasn't like there was any blowouts. So, and they got a good lineup, man. It was, uh, I was really so surprised deep. what the, the Nationals did in that World Series, even though I really didn't watch too much of it. I was kind of baseballed out, but and you're frustrated too. But yeah. um, Like I said, but the Nationals had, you know, Scherzer and, you know, Strasburg. Strasburg was on. And I'd like to have both of them on my team. Yeah. But. <laughs> <laughs> That's not bad. Yeah, the Cardinals dealt with Annabelle Sanchez came in here in game one and I know, came here through a no-hitter. I know. Scherzer for that matter. I know, but... Uh, they had good pitching, and I was surprised that their bullpen would hold up. You know, Daniel that's H- where I thought they would. That's where I thought there and, would be implosion. And uh, Daniel Hudson was with Toronto, so I faced him a bunch this year, and he f- found his arm again. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened with that, but I mean, when I faced him in Pittsburgh to Toronto, he was almost like unhittable compared to what he was in Pittsburgh. Yeah, and, uh, I was really impressed with him. I think he'll get a nice little payday too, because um, he's all about those elevated heaters now, and he's one of those guys that's consistent with it and throws strikes at the top of the zone with it, and. Um, he had a lot of uh, effect, obviously, in the playoffs. I'm curious what it was like. I know it's not pleasant. Um, there's, you know, with all the covering the Cardinals and, like you mentioned, the Rams and the Blues, I you never saw the Cardinals players cry after a season coming to an end, with the exception of, and I don't know if you'll remember this as a fan, uh, in 2001, they lose to the Diamondbacks. Tony Womack with like a little flare to yeah. left. Yeah, yeah. And uh, then the Diamondbacks go on to win the World Series against the Yankees in seven, classic World Series. And because it was like bottom of the ninth, 
game five and a best of five, rip your heart out scenario. There were guys in the clubhouse crying. Yeah, I'm not talking about like bawling, but you could just tell we're emotional. You guys lose yeah. in the fashion you lose with Altuve and the walk off. Yeah. What was that like? I know you're not playing, but you're still there, and yeah, this is, these, no, this is your team. It was a whirlwind too, because DJ hit that go ahead yeah. hard game tying home run in the ninth, and then. Altuve, I mean, I, that dude's an unbelievable hitter, and his strike zone's the size of, you know, Peanut, too, because he's so little, but um, super frustrating. A lot of the guys in the clubhouse were super emotional just because all year long we had that thought that we were going to do it, and, you know, who would have thought 47 guys would have gotten hurt? Yeah, um, man, for you guys to get where you were with it. I know. I mean, injuries. we didn't have Stanton in the lineup half the year, Judge. You know, DD, it, it's crazy. Gary, mm-hmm. a lot of those guys. Um, I think the only guy that like didn't really miss significant time was DJ and, and uh, Glaber, but they still missed like a little bit, you mm-hmm. know, tweaks here and there, maybe sit a couple games. But yeah, it sucked. Um, just because we had talked about it in spring training, and we know with Booney and what our mentality was like for the whole season. Obviously, we wanted to win it, and you know, um, you're, you get so close. And in 17, they lost to the Astros too in that same kind of scenario. And then last year, we obviously lost to Boston. And then we lose again to Houston. I mean, it's like we're so close, but yet so far away. And, yeah. You know, it's kind of, um, it's a it's a bad feeling too, especially because we knew a lot of those guys probably weren't going to be coming back either. And it was CC's last year, and I think Guardi will come back, but it was his last year too. Mm-hmm. And those guys had been around for ten plus years and were in pinstripes, so it was it was hard. And um, it's hard to see him, CC, you know go out like he did with his shoulder subflexing yeah. and that was his last pitch ever but that guy was pitching through so much pain it's you know it's he's hall of famer in my book i'm sure he'll be a hall of famer eventually but he's one of the best teammates ever had and for him to have 18 19 plus years in the big leagues and to act how he has i know he's had his ups and downs in his career but um you would have never known like that guy had like I mean that guy's everything. I think he's one of the richest richest pitcher in baseball, and he treats everybody the same. Yeah, and, um, that's something I strive to be towards, especially with, you know, I'm getting older now, and the younger guys are gonna start coming up just to take care of guys and you know help them out and show the way because the Yankees are successful for a reason. I think he got a lot of that from Jeter and Teixeira and you know Posada and the Mo and a lot of those guys that won a lot. And you know it's from when I came with the Cardinals and obviously the Cardinals had the second most, and to go to the Yankees it's just a, it's like a I don't know. It's a different. It's just a different way about it. It's all business, man. Um, the, you're saying they're similar. Or they're, they're, it's, it's, it's even more. I would say it's in more. It's more really? business in New York. Yeah, just with how the players and um, just react over everything. And you know, we don't ever get like even we won the um, beat the Twins in the first round of the playoffs. We like just kind of like, all right, it's time for the next round. You know, yeah. it's, we expected to be here, kind of thing. Even mm-hmm. when we clinched uh, to go to the playoffs. We didn't even like celebrate until we got in the locker room. It was weird, but that's what, there's an how expectation. It is. There's yeah. an expectation. Yeah, I think there's. I think there's a culture set. <clears throat> we mentioned that Matt Adams was on the radio show the other yesterday, actually, and he was talking about leadership and how for them it wound up being para. You know, the baby shark thing became kind of a running joke. But he said he came over and it made it fun. And he said there's something to be said about culture in a clubhouse and it translating to the field. And I don't. I mean, what the hell do I know? But yeah. the, but when you think about the Cardinals going back 20 years, you have Pujols, you have Edmonds, you have Roland, you have Wainwright, you have Molina, you have Chris Carpenter, then you have Matt Holiday. Those guys, I would imagine, are the ones who set a tone, just like you made reference to CeCe, and he's seeing how the way that Jeter, Teixeira, 
Hasada and then yeah. going back to that group that started in 96. And I would imagine Just, that, that kind grooming. of, yeah, yep. they groom them. Yeah. Yep. And that's what it was great. I mean, um, you know, it's a little hard at first cause that's a lot, man. New York's different. I mean, I came from here to where it's a, you know, smaller market obviously, but I mean, win or lose, I mean, we got 55 cameras in your face and they don't care good or bad game over four with four strikeouts or four, four, or four home runs. I mean, you're going to ask questions and sometimes you got to suck it up and it sucks. I mean, they're constantly around and, you know, those guys aren't trying to be mean, but they're going to ask. They want to know. And, you know, New York's a sour a sour uh, city sometimes, especially if we're not doing good and they want to know what's going on. And, I mean, I've seen guys like CC get booed. I've seen Giancarlo get booed. I've got booed. Like, the only person that doesn't get booed is Judge. Um, <laughs> He's safe. <laughs> but, yeah, I guess. But it's it's crazy, man. I mean, like I said, the expedition is high there. So they – that city wants wants twenty eight. They want twenty nine. They want thirty, and they want it every year. And yeah. they want to, and they believe it. And so, and and the media kind of knows that. So yeah. they're gonna kind of ask those those questions that you don't want to answer. Which you know, like you're sitting there going, "Damn!" I, Fifteen minutes after the game, you're like, "I know I'm gonna. Oh, I got to drop that pop up. Yeah, what happened? That yeah. process. You know, it's coming. Yep. Yeah. Well, let me ask you one that I'm sure you don't want to answer, but I know you have thoughts on. Let's see how you navigate this. You guys lose to the Astros within a couple of weeks of the end of the World Series. Thorough reports on the Astros <laughs> tactics. Um, what are your thoughts on that? See, I got you with one you don't want to answer. <laughs> no. Um, let's just say I'm not surprised. Um, there's a lot we already knew. That's just coming to the public eye now. So it's uh, it's kind of about time. And even like... Over the last couple of years, you know, we have video replay and stuff. We have a guy downstairs with video. Um, like, you know, even the playoffs. I mean, this year was the first year there's a guy in the video room that's watching to make sure we're not stealing stuff off computers, talking about other stuff. Not saying guys aren't trying to steal signs. That's a part of baseball. It's been a part of baseball for 150 years. But when it gets to that point where you're, you know, making noises, using video to your advantage, that kind of stuff, um, even in the playoffs, there was like six guys walking around the clubhouse, you know, that MLB put in there just to make sure things weren't going on. And, you know, I think that's where a lot of it probably came from because I'm sure they're writing a little reports because they have iPads there and they're writing down stuff. But, um, yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> it's frustrating. I mean, I wasn't there in 17, obviously, so I heard that had some effect on uh, what happened in the playoffs. And, you know, maybe— Don't believe got... the Astros won a game at Yankee Stadium. yeah. I don't know, man. And it, yeah, we can go into a whole thing about it, but yeah, well, that's like, why. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I mean, here's what I, I was saying this on the show, as a fan, and then I'm curious from a player standpoint. I know you're on the other side of it, but if if my team won, like let's say the Cardinals won a World Series, and then it was revealed that the Cardinals were doing something like this in 2011, that thing that we all hold, oh my God, David Freeze and everything that happened in 2011. And it's like the Cardinals are down. Like, oh, man, that kind of sucks. That kind of takes away from me. And with all, all due respect to Mark McGuire, 98, I don't view 98 the same way I did while 98 was going on, you know? So I would, if, as a player, I wouldn't want to win that way. But then I saw Carlos Beltran, a guy that I would imagine people hold in the highest regard. I mean, you got a chance to, I would imagine you. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, and yeah. he's like, yeah, you use, you use whatever you can to your advantage. Yeah. That was surprising coming from him, I mean, hell, he's the new Mets manager, and he's yeah. I mean, he was in our clubhouse all all year walking right. around. He's like an advisor. Yeah, um, yeah, and he was on that team. Right. So it's. I mean, you do you do what you got to do to win this game. There's a lot of money involved, and there's a lot of. I, I get it, but it's it got too far. Yeah. Would it bother you if 
I mean, how would you handle? I don't know. It's like back in the day. Let me take this out of this, but it, it kind of runs parallel to it. I was talking to I was, Andy Van Slyke. I'll tell you who it was. And this was during like all the steroid stuff. And he goes, I didn't take them, but if I could have, I would have. Yeah. I feel, like a lot of, I feel like a lot of guys I've heard say that. Because this is my way to make a living. 100%. And I'm, I'm falling behind because I'm taking a stance when everybody else is doing it. And it's not because I want to cheat, but it's my only way to keep it's, up. I mean, if you think about it, it's money in your pocket. Let's say player A and player B. Player A is taking steroids. Player B is not. Player A has 45 home runs. Player B has like 20 home runs. You guys play the same position. Yeah. This guy's making $15 million a year, and you're making, you know, four and a half. Because it's a it's a stat based sport, so right. you're getting paid based off your stats. And if that guy's taking that, and maybe I could bump my twenty up to you know thirty five, forty, maybe I could be making similar to where, you know, I play my eight to ten years, and then I'm set for life. Right, absolutely. Yeah, it's a tough I, spot. I don't know. Yeah, so that's the thing. I, so I don't know. I mean, but then because like, now I get tested, we get tested. I got tested like sixteen times this year. So really? Yeah. So what are they testing for? See, all like all these NFL guys are complaining about it. That they're getting tested randomly in a million yeah, times. Yeah, and it's the same way for us. Yeah. It's, it's a part of it now. I mean, they're trying to keep every sport clean, and it sucks because they show up at the you know the, the time you don't expect them to, and messes up your whole routine. But mm-hmm. you got to do it, man. Do I, it. I, I, it's part of it. Yeah. You know, if you don't want to do it, don't play. Yeah, that's the nature. It's of really, the beast. you have to yeah. pee in a cup. I mean, yeah. it, it takes ten minutes. Right, and then that, and then that's that. Yeah. So so with, with regard to with the Astros, what do you think? What do you think the proper measure would be going forward now it'll have to do with something in the video room um i don't know it, it there, I, I bet you mlb does something where they search stadiums and stuff or they I mean, they try to bug it out as big as possible it's just that if you think about it the the, the camera angle that every like fox sports uses yes mm-hmm. espn is the pitcher thrown to the catcher right that's the this right. view everybody sees consistently probably 75% of the game, right? And that's where the catcher's putting out a sign. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you can't stop. I mean, do, what, are you going to look at a side view from the hitter hitting the right, whole time? Right. Like, that's what you want to see. You want to see where he hits right. it or what happens. So, right. I mean, that's the view that everybody's stealing off of, and it's just because it's, like, right in front of your face. Is it, the, is it only just, the Astros? Did you, so when you said we, we were aware it's time. Yeah. It Really? Okay. No, I'm just saying, like, wait, wait, say that again? So when you're talking about everybody, it's the view everybody sees, are you saying— I'm saying, like, the well, general public fans, and us, yeah, absolutely. it's just right there, so it's so easy. But and that's thought, why what I was asking was, when you said you've heard things, is it just the Astros, or is this I going think it's on? a lot, but I think the Astros just took it too far, like okay. I said. See, the thing that we did, and I think that's what 17 started, is we started putting a note card in the pitcher's hats. Right. And, and there's a million different signs on it, and they switch it out constantly. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's how we—, we were the first, I guess, byproduct of it to, you know, kind of, because there's still guys that put down one sign, you know, and, and they're you just can't do it. it. You can't, it, yeah. I mean, it's too, there's too much, there's too much media now. There's too much coverage of it, baseball. I mean, they literally have cam- or microphones on the bases now. I mean, you can't, you know, get away with saying the F word yeah, without yeah, getting fined or something yeah. like that. So it's, um, <laughs> I'm surprised. Like, And I think, it separates sometimes the winning and the losing team. Sometimes they just don't go in, in depth with all that kind of stuff. And it's it's crazy because, like Carlos Beltran said, I mean, the littlest advantage is a, the biggest thing Huge. in this game. So. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's just like if, we, if, if I were part of a team and our team lost and you're like, oh, that's what – like I'm still upset about 1985. Yeah. You know, like oh, if there would have been instant replay, the Cardinals probably have yeah. a 12th world championship. But that's a guy blowing a call. In this case, you guys were going up against a team that was doing something that was – 
illegal. Yeah. I mean, that would be tough. It's, yeah. I don't know, man. It's frustrating, but, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> you know, one of the things that Edmonds would say, and I can't remember what year it was. It might have been 04 when they got swept by the Red Sox. I remember him saying to me, he goes, I said, what were you thinking? Like, because it was clear it wasn't going to happen. The Red Sox were just, you know, on yeah, fire. Miracle, yeah. yeah. And he goes, what I was thinking when I was standing in the outfield is, I know how hard it was to get here, and now we got to go all the way back. Sucks. That's the thing that you think about. And I don't think that's necessarily what fans think about, but I bet you guys think about yeah, that. Yeah, and it's just that, that sour taste in your mouth, man. It's just like, you just go back to like, man, if we would have won that game against Baltimore, you know, in May, or maybe if we would have won like three more games, we would have had home field advantage right. games. You know, I'm not saying you don't care about, but like, again, maybe you're like a little tired that yeah, day. The intensity like, isn't there. Under, yeah. Perhaps you missed a, a diving play or you struck out with a guy at second and third or, you know, a pitcher came in and blew the game against, you know, a, a bad team yeah. to where maybe you would have had home field advantage in this situation would never popped up. I don't know. It's just like you think about like the small stuff. Oh, and, yeah. It's understood. And it's hard. It's a long season and you're playing through a lot of stuff and, um, you know, Guys get hurt. Weird things happen. You go on a 10-game winning streak, and then you go on a six-game losing streak. It's just, I don't know. It's it's baseball, man. It's the weirdest sport in the world. It's the best sport in the world, but it's it's we're the only t- sport that plays twice as many games as anybody else. Yeah, and not that the truth? Exactly on the number with uh, NHL and NBA. When you got traded to the Yankees, I think some people are like, oh, that sucks. We liked Luke, but, you know, he might be blocked here or whatever. Oh, well. And then you go, and then you just start killing it, and then it becomes like one, like a story. This is like the worst <laughs> trade ever. Now, Gallegos has come on, and now the trade doesn't look as bad yeah, as it, he, as he it did. Yeah, he's a great year. Because he's been, he's been damn good, and who knows? He might wind up becoming a guy who could close some games out while Hicks uh, rehabs. But what were you thinking when it happened? Were you like, yes, I'm going to have an opportunity? Or were you like, wow, what the hell? Yeah, um... I, I obviously I remember getting traded at we were in Vegas playing the Mets in Triple A. <laughs> um got a call from Cashman and I remember getting pulled from the game and everything and he's like, Congrats, you just got traded and Mo called me and you know, I'm like, Wow, the Yankees, I'm not going to Cincinnati or, you know, Milwaukee or smaller market team. I'm going to the Yankees where you know you're expected to win. He's like, Hey, we're still trying to figure out some stuff. It was like two days before the trade deadline. He's like, just sit tight, go home for like a day or two and then we're gonna fly up to Boston, and I obviously knew they had Greg Bird, and he was struggling. I was like, you know what, this might be a good opportunity for me. And I knew they they wanted a righty power back because in that division we faced so many lefties. Mm-hmm. We got Snell, Price, you know, Sale, a lot of guys, and now even John Means with Baltimore, who had a really good year, mm-hmm. finished second rookie of the year or something like that. Um, so they wanted a righty because they're facing all these lefties and. I knew I had a chance. I think I got there, and I got there. I got called up for about two weeks, and I think I got, like, one hit. I was pretty bad. I think I was trying to do too much. Wasn't being myself. Um, so I went back down, and I remember I, I hit a walk-off home run, and I kind of just, like, got into a groove. And I remember the hitting coach down there, he goes, um, it was right before I hit the walk-off. He's like, you know what always got me back on track? He pulled up every video, and this is a, uh, a compliment to what the Yankees have they had every home run I had from college to the big leagues. And he, he pulled it up, and I watched every home run. And then that next day, <laughs> like it was just like a little confidence booster. It yeah. made me feel good about myself. And ended up hitting a home run. I got called up like three days later. I think D.D. rolled his ankle, say, or something. I don't remember what happened. And then 
I kind of just went on a tear, man. I don't know what happened. It wasn't mechanical. It's just sometimes baseball is like they, it is 95% mental. Everybody's got the physical abilities, but when you when you start sucking, man, you start thinking, you start start changing everything, and then you kind of forget what your approach was, and then boom, week goes by, and you're you know one for 22. So I just I know I just got hot, and um, I don't know, man. It was confidence, just the guys in the locker room having your back consistently, and I'm only being there for you know a couple of weeks at right. that at that point and uh you know I felt like I'd been there for like four years and mm-hmm. that's how it felt this year too and um just got a fun locker room man and it's we uh and I uh give a lot of credit to Booney too about how he uh treats his players too it's, it's pretty cool I'm curious when you when you were traded by the Cardinals were you what was the emotion thank god really yeah um obviously grew up a Cardinals fan was a Cardinal for 25 years of my life 26 years I just it wasn't a good fit for me. Um, playing at home is a little tough. You know, you got a lot of people coming out of the woodworks trying to you know constantly hound you for. Kerry Robin, I assume you know Kerry. Yeah, yeah. So he said it was so. I would think like I mean, all of us grow up wanting to play for the Cardinals. Only a handful get to hell. I mean, it was you, Freeze, and Kerry in the yeah. last twenty years. I'm, yeah. Maybe I'm missing somebody. But Kerry was like, and I haven't talked to Dave. Maybe I have, but I don't remember what Freeze said. But like it's actually it's a it's tough. It's yeah. tough playing at home. I uh, it's nice obviously because I lived here and you know I could didn't have to buy an apartment right. or you know whatever so um oh man uh, obviously Bush but Stadium. thank God that was the reaction when Mazzella calls you yeah duck man I mean you got to remember it's I'm my own business so I'm like I want to get a chance and every time I go up I just I'd only play against John Lester and you know <laughs> sick you know like he's not bad right um. I, I don't know. I mean, I get National League's a little different than the American League. I think I'm more of an American League player. Um, but I I just want an opportunity to play and prove myself, and the Yankees gave me that, and the Cardinals uh, never did. The only time I ever did was in 17 when Carpenter got hurt for like three weeks, and I got to play, and I hit like 340. But then he came back, and I never really played again. Mm-hmm. I just – and I get it. I mean – they also got making a lot of money, and that's part of the game too. Is they got to stick to their guns too. So I get it. It's, yeah, it's, it's baseball, man. But that's but I, I took I, someone's job in New York too. It's and obviously you guys just saw Birdie got DFA. I was going to ask you about that. That's obviously so an important part of this. It's uh, weird, man. Yeah. What, what are you going to do? You can't feel sorry for them, and you just got to maintain a good relationship, and you know hope for the best so that they pick that up or they pick up where they left off, kind of thing. So. Yeah. So you so you go to New York though, and you kind of become a folk hero, like yeah. I mean, you know, like you said, you're not, and it's not no disrespect to take your pick of whatever smaller market, but you're doing this at Yankee Stadium yeah. with a good baseball team, and you're getting a chance to play, and you're kind of becoming a guy, you know, in New York City. I mean, and, and like you said a couple weeks earlier, you're you're in a minor league game in Las Vegas. Yeah, things happen quick. Yeah, New York, <laughs> it's a it's a crazy fun place to play, man. If you guys ever get a chance to go there for a, a playoff game, or even if we're playing the Red Sox or whatever, man, there's literally no. No place like it. And, you know, obviously my little brother played football in Army, so I went to the Army-Navy game, and, you know, that's probably one of my favorite sporting events. But even he came up last year for that wild card game against Oakland, and <laughs> he also had a lot of people buying him beers because, you know, someone found out his last name was Voight. But, um, I mean, the place literally shakes, like especially when there's a big hit or a home run, beers getting thrown everywhere, <laughs> there's fights in the stands. I mean, it, some of the baseball true people hate it, but... 
It's awesome. See, I it, love that stuff. And I guys think... love coming there. Every time I get, like, I'm on first base, I'm holding a guy on, you know, shooting the breeze with him. He's like, dude, this has got to be the coolest place to play. That's like, what I'm saying. I watch not... Cardinal games, and I'm not looking, because, I, I mean, listen, I'm a St. Louis, and it's my audience. You know, you're a St. Louis, and you played for the Cardinals. But I watch Cardinal games, and I'm like, it looks like it's like, it's so just, I realize a lot of people show up, but it's just like calm. And I don't even know if the right words, it's quiet almost. Yeah. And, and whether it be a game at Wrigley or a game at Yankee Stadium, I realize it's not every game, but the intensity is, I mean, it's something else. That's what you pay for. It's like when the Blues were making their cup run. I, I yeah. could have stayed at home, but I wanted to experience that energy. You know no, that's it what, is. That's I, what it, oh, man, I don't know how people, like, I mean, it's literally like sold out. Like, I don't even think there's standing room available. And literally, like, you'll look up and all of a sudden you'll see, like, 10 guys getting in this huge fight. And it's just <laughs> unbelievable. And then, like... Cause so we call them the bleacher creatures, right? And like literally, like they'll sit. Like if I don't know how Boston guys or whoever sits in the <laughs> Ra- Rays guys or Toronto guys sit in the, that area, yeah. but you just see them getting hazed by beer, <laughs> like constantly. We score a run, everybody's just throwing his beer on him, pouring beer on him. Like it's awesome. Like I mean, sorry about it, guy, but you picked that spot. You should have bought. Get a ticket in the family section, you know. I don't know, but it's um. It's an animal in itself, and that's why we call it the concrete jungle, man. It's something else. All right, now here's something I'm really curious about. Hope you're enjoying the conversation with Luke Voigt here on the Tim McKernan Show. We're in the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Luke is presented to you by Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. He's online at evergreenstl.com. As the year wraps up, you want to make sure that you are organized. It is incredibly important that you are organized. And, well, Mark Hanna is the person to do business with. I've gotten to know Mark, and therefore I don't hesitate to tell you about Mark and say, hey, if you're looking for someone, Mark is the person. If you go to evergreenstl.com and you read up on Mark and Evergreen Wealth Strategies and you put in a phone call to Mark Hanna, I'm telling you, and I say this with great confidence, that you'll be very happy that you did. Mark Hanna is his name. It's evergreenstl.com, 314-889-0503. That's 314-889-0503, or go online at evergreenstl.com. Mark Hanna with Evergreen Wealth Strategies. And James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, 314-961-4800, or go online at carltoninsurance.net. He is right here in the St. Louis area, and Webster grows, and his staff continues to grow because his business continues to grow. Why does his business continue to grow? Because people are finding out that there really is a big difference, not just a difference, but a big difference between the way James runs his insurance agency and everybody else. He's a State Farm insurance agent. I made the switch to James Carlton because I saw it, and I thought it's my obligation and my family to make sure we're with the best, and now we are. James Carlton, 314-961-4800, or go online at carltoninsurance.net. If your insurance costs a leg and an arm, call James Carlton, State Farm. Most people would never think this, but I am curious because I bet you've got a good answer to this. If you're making, and uh, what I'm seeing on baseball references, 573200 in 2019, accurate? It's about, yeah, something right Okay, yeah. all right. You're, you're living in St. Louis. That's a lovely, that's a lovely amount of money. Yeah. In New York City, <laughs> no. it's like, like a 175 to 225 <laughs> St. Louis dollars. Am I right on this? Yeah, it's around, it's r- ridiculous. Yeah, so most ballplayers can kind of go, okay, I'm going to live in a very nice place. What, what did you, not to say you're not living in a nice place, but where are you living? I actually lived in uh, Jersey this year. Um, we lived in Hoboken. Fort- no, that's too far. Though that's the other problem is, 
if you live in Hoboken, take me an hour and a half to yeah. the stadium every day. And it's like, you know, probably like 10 miles. Um, so I lived across the GW, which is in Fort Lee. There's a couple of guys that live in that area. A nicer area. It's, it's easy because not a lot of people. There's a lot more Asians in that area. So, like, it's quieter. Um, and it was nice because we had our dog up there, too. So there was room to take out the dog and stuff. But uh, a lot of guys live on the upper east or upper west side. And even down into lower Manhattan, it, it, I've heard guys up to prices between like 10 to 25 grand a month in rent. <laughs> now, I was not spending that. I'm not, I don't even know if I was making $50 million if I could spend that on rent. But, you know, um, there's a lot of money in our team. So, guys. <laughs> yeah, I, bet some, I bet there's some guy. That Stanton's got himself a nice place. He's got a penthouse yeah. somewhere. So. <laughs> But, I mean, that's the thing. People don't, I mean, it's, you know, I, I had somebody, I guess there's a guy, so, but I don't, I can't, I'm not going to, it's not that I'm outing anybody, but I, there's no reason to name names. But, like, people don't realize, they assume major league ball player making that kind of money. But when you go to New York, if you're not making, you know, seven figures, that yeah. you actually have to be careful. Yeah. I no, would imagine I, you were being a little more comfortable with your 500 sure. in, when you were making it in St. Louis. Yeah. No, and definitely, like, here you can... <laughs> Yeah, you can have a buy whatever. Yeah, um, and that's why I had to sell my truck too because I can't drive a truck up there either. And I had a big lifted truck. And that's, couldn't be a Missouri redneck anymore, right? <laughs> that wouldn't play. No, even though some of the guys on my teams have these these like um, God, they're called Rhino trucks. Have I'm not familiar it? with this. It What's is, going on? It with looks the rhino like truck? a bulletproof zombie mobile that Chapman and and Encarnacion have, and they're like 350k. <laughs> <laughs> I swear. <laughs> and I was and so like, they drive they're driving the these. And those things. Exactly. I'm like, well, there's ever apocalypse. That's whose house I'm going to. What do we have here? Gangster <laughs> producer extraordinaire. There's the Rhino truck. Oh, look at that. Yeah, they stand it's, out. It's I, guess, like, I guess when you're driving through the Bronx, people know, oh, I guess we're all this is on his way. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. But yeah. It's uh So what do you do? So the, do you, you I the, assume you drive there though. You're just not driving. Yeah, the, we had the a truck. car and then that was the part that sucks too. It's sixteen dollars across the GW every day, sixteen bucks. I think they just raised it again because they can. Because they can. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what are people going to do? Nothing. They're going to use. I mean, it. it's like the yeah. Um, but yeah, we like the area we stayed in. Obviously, we we want to. We're before we start having kids, we want to live and do the whole New York experience next year. Um, so what does that mean? You, you would look at we're going to live. Yeah, we're going to move into the city. Oh, are you really? Yeah. So we're excited about that. It's just fun, man. It's just nice to you know walk down the street and you got everything. Really, anything you need is right. So there. do you already have a place, or you... we're in the process of looking right now? So um, where you think we just rented and then we left some stuff up there in a storage unit and then got it. So yeah, we're we're thinking about the uh, Upper West Side. Upper West Side. Yeah. I was told when I almost moved there that the Upper West Side's like Fenton. No. <laughs> They don't have a lovely Cracker Barrel. Yeah, <laughs> Cracker Barrels and uh, Ruby Tuesdays. Yeah. <laughs> For real, I was, my buddies worked at MTV, and they're like, "Oh, you don't want to live above 20th Street." And I go, "What the hell's that? I don't even know what any of this means." You know, and they're like, above oh. 20th Street? Yeah. yeah, good luck. You would you've been down in Tribeca spending, like <laughs> yeah, I said, 18 grand yeah, a exactly. month. <laughs> yeah. So I wound up settling on a place in Midtown, 800 square feet, one bedroom, one bathroom, 4,500 a month. Yep. Yeah, you know, you're like, and, and, and then I wound up, and after that, I'm like, I'm not going to, you know what, I've decided I'm not going to take the job. Yeah. So that's where I was going to be at Anchor at SNY, the Met station. And I'm just like, I can't, I'm I'm, not, I'm going to lose money. And people don't understand, like, if I say the dollar figure in St. Louis, it's great. 
But in New York, they're like, for real, if you're going to live in the city, you got to be making at least like a half million. You know, yeah. it's just the way that it is. And it's just like a foreign concept when you're a St. Louisan that a half million is like, you make a half million in St. Louis. I mean, you're killing it. It's just a different, absolutely yep. different well, world. Well, it's even like going out to dinner. Yeah, that's another thing. Yeah. It's like you get a martini here. It's eight, six to eight bucks. You get a martini in New York. It's like 23. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You look at your, like, it's literally like nice when we came home, like we go to a steakhouse in New York, let's say we, you know, we get a couple of bottles of wine. It's like 400 bucks. We do that here. It's like 200. Right. We're like, we get the tab, we're like, oh my yeah, God. What happened? Yeah. Let's get six more. No, yeah. <laughs> so, so you, I didn't realize, for whatever reason, I don't know why I was under the impression. And so the interview was going to take a totally different turn, at least was going to be my goal, that you were this bachelor living in New York, but in reality, you're a man in love, and you were just married <laughs> yeah. less than a year ago. Yeah. And I totally, well, That's okay. uh, for, I'm glad we talked about it in advance because I'm going to, so what's the scene like up there? You're like, well, I'm married, so thanks for asking, <laughs> asshole. But <laughs> but you are a married man, yeah. married. But here's the thing. Your, your wife went to high school with you, but you didn't know your wife. Yep. Yeah, she uh, she went to Lafayette. We, she's a year younger than me, and... I uh, grew up playing sports with her brother. Actually, went over to their house when we were little and used to play football in the backyard, and she was there. I don't know if she was there all the time, but who would have thought, you know, obviously 12, 15 years later that I'm passing my wife up and down the hallways of Lafayette, and uh, I ended up marrying her. It's, it's, it's a small world, and I got super lucky. She's my best friend, and, you know, we've uh, last we dated for like three and a half, four years, and these last like five years have been awesome. So I'm uh, glad she's a part of it now. She gets to travel with me all the time. She's... She calls herself my secretary now, so she, she goes on the road. Yeah, so oh cool. She goes on, not everywhere because we got our dog and stuff too, but for the most part, yeah. And she loves it, and she got to travel the first time this year. It was, it's uh, it was a nice little. Uh, I say she's on scholarship. Now. <laughs> she used to be a teacher, so. Oh, that's that's yeah, incredible, so she's, man. Uh, she's beautiful, you know. I love her, and so it's awesome. So you were talking about having kids. Do you do you go? Ah, well, maybe we'll wait and see. What or do you go? Let's 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 go. What's the thought yeah, process? Yeah, I think we just want to do one more year. We want to live in the city next year, and you know, kind of experience that. Go out, be able to do whatever we want, and then I think probably next off season is kind of when the. We're going to start uh, opening up the... Uh... <laughs> Where are you going with this? I yeah, like I it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> I don't know. I'm opening up. I followed you. So um, so what? where would you consider yourself at this moment with the Yankees? You made reference to, I saw Bird was DFA'd like a week or two ago. Um, had a lot there, a lot of expectations. It's got to be tough being a guy who hadn't done it yet. Had a lot of expectations in New York and then it didn't work out. Yeah. But that's big for you, as you said. I mean, you know, it kind of yeah, cuts no, both I mean, ways. Now, so where, what is your situation? Is you're a few months out from camp? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I believe, and I, th I'm the starting first baseman for the Yankees uh, going to next year. Obviously, getting that surgery was a big thing for me, and you know, hopefully, um, everything's been going pretty well. So, and I mean, I, I'm supposed to be starting swinging tomorrow. So, I mean, that's really? a good step for me. And you know, obviously, I got three more months to kind of take my time and progresses. You know. Just make sure everything's you know good to go. But you know the recovery for this thing is usually like like above like ninety eight percent. And I know this doctor, Doctor Myers out of Philadelphia, was awesome. And a lot of guys, most every guy's recovered and been great. You know, you just gotta do certain things to maintain it. And it's not like a Tommy John or a, you know a knee injury or something like that. So um, yeah, I should be back to my normal self yeah. here. You know, probably after Christmas, I would say. Just you know, 
obviously taking my time with it. So yeah, starting first baseman for the Yankees. Pretty cool to say. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I mean for real, that's a that's an incredible thing to be able to say. So yeah, hopefully I'll be there for a long time. Absolutely. Yeah. I, so when you look at that team, I would imagine there's one thing that is circled on Brian Cashman's list this yeah. off season, and that's starting pitching. Yeah. What do you think? Well, and we there's got, one name that I know I would imagine is getting talked about over yeah, and over I mean, again. <laughs> I'll say it's we Garrett Cole for Garrett the record. Cole. I just assume everybody is. We got to get Garrett Cole or Steven Strasburg. I mean, that's a or both. We would great. John Carlos said both too, so I'll say both. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think that was the one thing that obviously outside of everybody getting hurt last year was the one thing that you know our bullpen was solid, our lineup was solid. Just start starting pitching, and, and another big thing, which is kind of a sore subject too, is when I think a lot went on after when Herman left the team with the abuse stuff. That was a big yeah. kind of shot in the foot to oh, us, yeah. too. Because he was having a hell of a year, oh, too. And God, he had, like, yeah. 18 wins last year. And it would have been nice to have him in the bullpen for when, for whatever started, if it started and do well that game, to have him come out of the bullpen or maybe even possibly start, start a, game. a game. So, um, and hopefully that stuff all gets worked out. I know it's that stuff's a touchy subject now. But to go back to what you said, we just need – we need – we need a horse. Yeah. And I, Paxton kind of fit. I think he struggled in the first and had a really strong second half. And Massa was, he had some bone spurs or something in his elbow. He had his elbow cleaned up. I think he was fighting through some stuff. And, you know, obviously, Hap's a guy that we can rely on all year to, you know, kind of hold down that fifth starter. And, you know, we got this Debbie Garcia guy who's a top prospect in baseball coming up. I don't know too much about him, but um, just a big power arm guy. So we just need kind of starting pitching we don't really need any other thing else i think we'll resign guardy obviously with hicks um getting tommy mm-hmm. john to maintain center field but we got uh mike Toutman coming back too who was unbelievable for us last year just gotta stay healthy man yeah I mean, boy you guys really did deal with injuries like nobody else i mean stanton played 17 games yeah. um it's you know and um we got miguel Andahart coming back too so I, I almost feel like, too, they could trade for somebody. There's been rumors of, like, Lindor getting traded to us, too, which is, I mean, we're rumored to everybody. So, mm-hmm. um, But, I mean, with what Gio did last year, there's obviously two guys. I'm sure they'll trade one of them to get some value back because they'll get, you know, big-time value for second and rookie of the year. And then the guy that hit 315 last year that was supposed to not just be a defensive replacement kind of guy. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And then yeah, it's a, there's a surplus of talent there. We have a lot. Offensive. Yeah. I mean, it's. And then I don't know if they're going to bring Didi back or not. I don't. Mm-hmm. And make Labor the shortstop or what? It's, it's a, it's a good spot to be in for us. I just, I, I think there's just so many angles to go at it that they just, you know, trying to find the best one. What's that clubhouse like? You mentioned those names, and it's just like, oh yeah, that guy rakes. Oh yeah, that guy rakes. That guy rakes. What, what's, what's the clubhouse like? Awesome. Just, everybody's together. You know, all the, you know. The Latin guys and the American guys, all the guys, we're all together, man. It's crazy, like, yeah. how the team's connected and, you know, um, we have fun together. And I think that's the biggest part is – and we don't make anyone not feel like themselves. And I think that's a big thing for young guys coming up is they – not saying some guys are a little too much about themselves, but, you know, let them be themselves. And usually that makes them turn into the best player that they can be is just as long as they feel comfortable. What was the Cardinal clubhouse like? Um, I liked it, but it's kind of hard, too, and – you're going up and down a lot. You don't see a lot. Yeah. And, you know, it's obviously I get frustrated. I'm salty about it. Um, but, I mean, I liked, you know, Dexter. I liked Carp, all those guys. Um, 
good guys. And I think it finally turned out, you know, from what it could have been the last couple of years to finally, you know, them making the playoffs and making a good run because they're always a team that's going to be talked about. It's just whether or not stuff comes together. And I think finally this year it kind of came together. And I think Schulte had a big part in doing that. Yeah, I'm curious. And, and listen, if you don't want to talk about it, you don't want to talk about it. But I am curious your perspective on it because we hear about well, there were issues in the clubhouse, and Matheny had some issues with leading, and now Matheny himself, now that he's the Royals manager, is like, yeah, I learned from that. I've actually gotten worked with media consultants to handle the media better and, and things like that. And, I I mean, you're in there. I have no idea. That's why when yeah. I did the show with Edmonds, he's like, yeah, you never really know unless you're in the clubhouse. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. You know, I should shut the fuck up because I don't know. But, I mean, I'm curious. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, obviously, Mike, I, I knew Mike before. My baseball career, obviously, you know, being here, I took catching lessons when I was, like, in high school. But, yeah, I just uh, – it's just different. It wasn't – I like more of a player's coach. He wasn't really that. I, I think most guys like playing for a guy that's, like, there for his players. Not saying he wasn't, but um, I just – I don't know. I sometimes didn't see eye to eye with him, I guess. And I think a lot of guys felt like that. But – it, and I, I don't know. What was it that guys wouldn't see eye to eye? I don't know. I, uh, I, I, th- and he's going to be in a different situation this year too with you know Kansas City because that team is really young, and uh, it's going to be probably a couple years before they get good. And you know, I guess hopefully they give Solar some money to stay around because I mean I couldn't believe that guy hit yeah, forty five yeah, home runs. That's and that's incredible. It's your, yeah. a graveyard too. So. Um, but they got a lot of young guys coming up too. I, I, I hope he has success. I just know it's going to be a tougher role for him, but it's, you know, Kansas city. So it's not like, yeah, the expectations aren't what you had be, in St. Louis. Yeah. The thing that I, I had a couple guys who I think, I mean, like I said, I don't want to name names. I'm not going to name names, but who know him. And, um, I think would consider themselves friends of his. And they said, if he was standing right here right now, and we were on a golf course, you know, he'd be the greatest guy in the world. But for whatever reason, when he put that uniform on, he turned into something else, and we just kind of don't even recognize him. And this is before he was, I think, yeah, well, no, it was It was right after he'd been let go. And then the team goes off on a tangent. Now, some of the guys will be like, yeah, we went off on a tangent, but if you look at who we were playing, we weren't exactly playing, you know. So there was kind of like if you looked into the weeds. I would 100% agree with that. Yeah? Two different guys. I wonder if it was just like insecurity. I feel like that's what it was because I know him. He worked. He worked for Inside STL. So I mean, no. And I like I did dinners with him, and like I said, I did stuff with him, and it's like he. And I always I heard him say like one time that he's just too competitive to like kind of build relationships with guys or something like that. Like he's so worried about winning. I think he forgot about some other stuff. Yeah. Because this that clubhouse has got to be like a family. Yeah. I, I guess we want to cheer for the guy next to you. And I feel like that's how what that's what happened, which happens every year in every clubhouse too. Is guys just get caught up, and then again in this sport too, guys get paid and they kind of just shut it down too. So I mean, yeah. it's, it's it sucks because it ruins for the next guy. Right, right. Or what do you think of Schilt? Didn't Schilt. obviously what you had a few weeks with him, right? I mean, it wasn't like I had Schilt throughout, but the you had him throughout field. your yeah, yeah, experience. Yeah. Uh, Schilt is awesome. Level. That and that's the guy that I think guys will will you know. He's a guy that stick his head out for another guy, yeah. especially when things aren't going the right way. He's always a guy that's going to believe in you, always talk to you, communicate with you, even if you're not playing every day or if you need a day off. Or he's just there, and he's the guy that knows all the stats. Can, like, and he's like that guy that, like, if you get into an argument with, like, you'll come out of it like, damn it, like he was right. <laughs> he got you, know? you because yeah. he had all the information. <laughs> yeah, he outwitted you. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's a nice guy to have um, in your corner and fighting for you, and you know just. Um, 
I think guys build on that, and they, you know, they care more and they want to win more. And when a guy, you know, um, is like that, so that's the thing. That what these guys were saying is like the, the communication. You just couldn't reach. Yeah, Pete. no, and it's hard. And obviously, the bench coach, and he obviously, I think he probably learned that from being a bench coach for two years. It's because that's a big communicator, and especially nationally, because you got to communicate to guys about pitch hitting or going in for de- defense and stuff, and that could be in the third inning or you know in the, the eighth inning. Mm-hmm. So. It's nice to always let guys know, or maybe like, hey, the day before, like, hey, um, there's a lefty pitching day, so you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna be playing, yeah. or you might have the chance, or maybe Dexter's foot's sore, so maybe you might be pl- like, you know, like, so like when I go to bed that night, you know, I know I'm gonna be playing absolutely, the next day, so. absolutely. So let me ask you some quick hitters here because I'm legitimately curious about some things here. Toughest pitcher you faced in the big leagues? Who? Um. It used to be like I could default to like a Kershaw, but now I feel like there's like 30 guys it could be. And it might be like a random I might not even think of. No, I know. If you would have asked me in 18, I would have said Brad Hand. But not him anymore, even though I'm like 0 for 3 with like three strikeouts against him. But He was on my fantasy team at the end of the year. He hurt me. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing a Major League Baseball player (laughs) likes more than when some sports radio nerd brings up his fantasy team. I wish we had video of Luke's reaction to that. <laughs> um, <laughs> toughest guy I've faced. I'll go Sale. His slider is just when you have the when you have the box, and it, I know he's not the same anymore. I think he's got some arm problems that we don't know about because his velo is just dropping a lot. But when he like when I faced him the year before, and I even faced him in seventeen because we played Boston that year with the Cardinals. Um, his slider starts in the other box, and I've never had a slider start in the other box to where, like, if that would happen in a game, you're just like, oh, ball to the hand. Right. Like, that's a ball. Right. And all of a sudden, it's like a Frisbee and just takes a, you know, a right turn, and it's like paints the corner, and you're like, what? <laughs> and then he throws one down the middle, and you're like, oh, that's the cookie to hit, and it almost hits you in the back foot. <laughs> I would just say, like, the best, let's go, that's the best pitch I've ever seen. All right. Chris Sale is, is the winner. Slider, yeah. Best ball player. Mike Trout. Instacall. Didn't hesitate yeah. on that one. Mike Instacall. Trout. It's just effortless for him, man. Yeah. It's cool to watch him. I got to watch him play this year in Anaheim for the first time. And What is it when you guys see, like, we see it, it's like, look at his stats, but what do you guys see? Well, like, he doesn't go 0 for 4 or 0 for 5. Like, he goes 0 for 2 with two walks. Yeah. And then a stolen base or mm-hmm. something like that. And then, I'll, or then, like, he gets to those spots and then he hits the three on Jack or something yeah. like that. You know, yeah. it's like he has it all. Or, yeah. like, he literally, like, you don't want to hit the center field. He's like, the, I don't want to say he's King Griffey Jr., but, like, he's like that guy to, like, like, I remember I hit a home run there and I'm like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> he might get this thing back. Like, in. he was tracking it like he was. That's when you're, like, about to hit first base and you're like, Best moment you have experienced on a baseball field. This might be at Yankee Stadium, might be at a visiting park, might be at Bush Stadium. I I mean, I feel like you've had some walk-off moments and some shots, but I don't know. Who knows? Maybe you got something else that I haven't thought about. Um, Probably the wild card game last year I hit my first triple. (laughs) But, yeah, just it was to take the lead, and it was just a big hit. Um, Ballpark shaking. Ballpark was literally shaking. I literally, it was funny because I literally lose my breath, right? I'm like yelling, screaming, couldn't hear myself. And then I'm like, 
and I start breathing heavy. And Didi swings to the first pitch and hits like a, a little fly ball left field. So now you're... And Phil's like, all right, you got to tag. And I'm like, God. Oh, is there any way I, I took like four off? steps and my legs just got cement. <laughs> but I made it. So, um, but then I would say uh, I, just for like a, just something cool is like the the home run I hit this year at Kaufman. I hit like 470-something. It's like the farthest one I ever hit. So. And I had like crap. 50 people. My wife got like this... Um, like club level reserve section and I had like 50, 60 family members and friends come up from, you know, all over. So it was cool for them to kind of see me play at home and just, you know, kind of being back at home too, even though it's Kansas City, obviously, but sure. know, back in the Stay Midwest. In Missouri, absolutely. Yeah. When you hit a ball like that, what's the split second feeling? Like you're like, this thing, I absolutely ship oh, this Oh, you thing. sit on it and lean on it. That's yeah. what you do, yeah. <laughs> You don't even, yeah, it's just the, those, the, when you hit them that good, you don't even feel it. And it's funny, too, because you think you hit it like 120, and then I think I saw a stat that, you know, John Carlin missed a lot of the season, but his first hit this year was the hardest hit baseball all year, and it was opening day. <laughs> Saving up. <laughs> it's like 121. That's just a, it's, it was, was a ground ball at second base, and it, and it went to the wall. <laughs> The ability, you know, I played in that Cardinal Fantasy Camp thing. I don't know if you'll do this when, when it's all said yeah. and done. I bet you will, and, like, just bombs every time. I doubt it. <laughs> but, you know, like, what I was telling guys about it is if, if Ryan Frank, former Cardinal closer, great guy. Is he still with the front office? Yeah, I believe yeah. so. Some yeah. kind of role. And he was on my team. Alan Bennis was on my team. Scott Cooper was on my team. Some names from the past. Now, Franklin were to get up in a major league game, and I'm talking, obviously, when he was playing. And he were to come up like in an eighth inning spot where like, oh, we don't want to pull him. We're up by three. There's two outs. Screw it. We'll let him go in there and hit. He'll probably, either LaRusso would have told him don't swing or he would have looked like a fool in probably three pitches. And yet in this thing, he is, he's like, oh, I see that guy out there. There's no way he can run. I'm going to hit it just to his right. And, you know, and so like he's calling his shot. And it's just like, you know, much like, like Dave Veers. I don't know if you remember him. He was a closer for the Cardinals for a year or two. And he's bombing balls, and he's in his 50s, you know. And, it, and I'm just like, the ability that you guys have, now obviously you're a, you're a position player, different deal, but even the pitchers, it's it's something that I don't think. I guess the reason is because those guys usually were like the shortstops or first basemen on their teams all the way through. Yeah, you know, builders, guys yeah, that are quick. Yeah. yeah, and so they have that ability. But my God, it drove home the talent disparity. It's it's it, incredible. It's funny you say that because I remember. Uh, so every year in spring training, we have to do like a vertical test. They're just you know testing, making sure everything went well in the off season, and everything. And Gary Sanchez is a big guy, right? Yeah. He's got like a thirty-seven inch vertical. God. Oh my god! And the guy's like, you know, I'm faster than Gary. <laughs> I mean, that's not saying a lot. So like, <laughs> it's just crazy. How, like sometimes you don't know like how good of an athlete some of these guys, and you wonder why he hit thirty-four home runs. Yeah. I mean, the guy's just. He's a beast. It's He's just, just an athletic freaks, and uh, there's a lot of guys that make it there just based off their talent. It's crazy. It's unbelievable. I just, I mean, I don't have a. Did you when you were like grown, like in little league, were you like in another world versus the rest of the kids, or were you no. really, not no. really, no? I mean, I was good. I always hit like third or fourth, but I want to say I was just putting up like, you know, fifteen to twenty homers, right. and twelve u or whatever. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, I, I mean, I always thought I was good, but I actually, uh. I was like a seasonal guy. Like it was, you know, baseball was summer, obviously, and then winter was basketball, and then fall was, you know, football. But I love football. All I wanted to do was play football, and if I wouldn't have got hurt my sophomore year, I blew out my shoulder, and then I blew it out again my junior year, then 
I would have definitely probably tried to play football in college like really? my little brother did. Yeah. Football is always my first love. That's all I do on Saturdays and Sundays is watch football. Um, just a big football guy, but um, it was kind of, I think it was God's way of being like, hey, <laughs> you're white and slow, so you're probably not going to make it in the NFL. <laughs> go, go, go play baseball. Yeah. So did it, did it start turning around? I don't know, turn around. Did you all of a sudden the gap become clear in high school? Is that where it's like, okay, this guy's... And I mean, you can say all the accolades and stuff, but I, I literally was going to a junior college. Um, I was going to Johnny Logan. I didn't have any offers. Um, like, let's say after my junior year, just junior college, but I had a lot of scout, like a lot of scouts looking at me. I had probably like 15, 20 scouts looking at me. And I got drafted by the Royals out of high school. And then probably right after I got drafted, like Wichita State offered me and Missouri State offered me. And actually, Missouri State didn't have enough money, so they're like, hey, we'll if you walk on, we'll promise we'll give you this, this, and this. And I don't know why I didn't go to Wichita State. Um, I sh Like, woulda, shoulda, coulda. I don't mm -hmm. know what coulda happened, but I had uh, unbelievable four years at Missouri State, and they honored it, and they even gave me more money after my sophomore year, too. So it was, it was pretty cool, and obviously it's only three hours away, and, you know, they've had a— dominant program over the last 10 years too, yeah so it's been fun to watch well, ballpark so was that when it started happening i mean, I mean I if, you're, if you're getting say, drafted out of high school you got to have game i mean they don't just draft butt asses you know i mean yeah. you gotta, something's got to be going just, on because i used to catch too and i think i was a big catcher that you know possibly could you know get better defensively and always had pops so i mean that was something that every scout's looking for is just you know raw ability mm -hmm. but i would just say i just developed and i think i really was intently i would say it kind of I knew I had a chance after I went to extended. Do you know extended is? Extended spring is like um, after spring training, there's extended guys for like the lower levels. Okay. And that was a shot in the face because I thought I was supposed to go to Peoria. So it's not a good thing. That means you're on the verge of like getting released. And it's it's mostly for like the younger guys, like the high school kids that get drafted that aren't ready yet or like the, the Dominicans or Venezuelan kids that are coming in, they're 16, you know, there's still a lot of raw ability that, you know, they're just going to work – you know, with coaches every day, mm -hmm. play games every, like, five days a week kind of thing, and then you go to State College, Johnson City, or you stay in the GCL. Um, but I just really tried to get better at hitting, and I really intently paid attention to a lot of coaches that I owe a lot of credit towards and always working on something. And, you know, I feel like I changed my swing to where it was now. Like, I used to be really wide, almost like Jeff Bagwell, to be in – tall like I am now to having a leg kick to having my hands lower to having my hands higher and for like any kid or listen to this that with baseball is this game's really hard and if you don't want to change or change your mindset about maybe this is the best way and I'm not saying any of those ways like a leg kick or having wide or having a toe tap is like the best way to do it if you feel comfortable with it try it and you always got to be open to try new things mm -hmm. and that's where I kind of just kept that open mindset of, you know, learning and taking these drills in and, you know, fine-tuning it to where I have this perfect routine that I go through before I go into the game that puts me in that right position to where I feel best. And I know I'm going to give it, you know, my all that night. And I just did my homework every night, and I got better. And all of a sudden I was hitting, you know, my first year I hit like 11 home runs, and then I went up to like 20, and then I went up to like 25, and then, you know, I got to the Billies finally, and, it's crazy, you know, you look back on it and you're like, when did it click? And I would say oh, it clicked like in high end, like 2000, 
2014. Like I made the all-star team, and then I made the all-star team in double-A, and then I was going to make the all-star team in triple-A, got called up, and I was, like, leading the league in, like, 15 categories. So, like, I was, like, I knew I had a chance. You know what I mean? And then that's when I knew I had a chance, so. So you look at what the Cardinals did in trading you and fam away, and just kind of like, oh, it would have been nice if you were still here. No disrespect. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure he he feels the same way. Doesn't really hide that. Uh, You know, I mean, I don't know. Kind of just, I know some fans feel that way. Yeah, no, and I've I got to play with fam too, and I, he's killing it, man. He's a good player, and and even the Yankees asked me about him and stuff too. He's a really good player, and I know he works his butt off too. Um, interesting trade, but I know they like Bader a lot, and I'm buddies with Bader, mm-hmm. so I don't know, man. Baseball is a weird sport, yeah. and guys, I think sometimes you know they play favorites too. And mm-hmm. they think they believe in another guy too, even though the stats are there. But I think like uh, personalities. I think there's a lot of stuff that people don't know about that go into a lot of things. So, oh, it's so cryptic, and yeah. I know you can't say, but I'm, <laughs> it's so cryptic. I like it. <laughs> I want to know what's I want to yeah. know what's going on. I need to know what's going on. All right, final one before I get you out of here. When you're in St. Louis, as you are during the off season, where do you and the wife make sure that you like to dine? <laughs> Where does the New Eating York Yankees first baseman eat when he is in St. Louis? I asked Tino Martinez this question, and he goes, here? And I go, oh, I guess you don't really enjoy the culinary choices here versus New York. But, yes, here, you, of course, is St. Louis. And yeah, so if me and my wife are going to dinner and we're going to Annie Guns. Um, That's a nice play. That's a nice it's play. it's a Sunday cheat meal, it's Emo's or Lunch Choice. That's so St. Louis. Yeah. It's like you're running for mayor, but with that answer, but I think I you're know. being serious. I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even, even what about St. Louis Bread Co.? Strong. Not you can find those in New York. Yeah, but you're it's always gonna... nice to see the St. Louis on it. You ever, you ever try to get any of your Yankees teammates to try Emo's? No, but so we come here next year after the All-Star break, and I'm going to bring in Lions Choice one day. I'm going to bring, actually, shout out to Emo's. They sent up a bunch of pizzas, and I set them around, and a lot of the guys said it was some of the best pizza they ever had. Really? Yeah. In New York? Yeah. Because it's like kind of in vogue to go, Amos sucks, St. Louis, you know, cracker, it sucks. Well, now, I mean, you get like, I don't know if you follow like Barstool. Oh, but of course, you, you yeah. The, Stool Presidente, he yeah. gave it a nice rating. Yeah. But uh, one bite, everybody knows the rule thing. Absolutely. And, I mean, literally, you type in pizza up there. I, I have the app, and you can go find, and I always go to the places that are like above a seven, but it's it's pretty cool. Do you like the New York style pizza? No, I, not really. Really? I'm more of a I, I do like guy. it. It's okay. You're more of what? I like the flatbread style, like uh, okay, like Emos, the the, the thinner crust yeah. type pizza. All right, so it's uh, any gun. That's a good answer. I mean, it's a it's, it's, for, for where you live, that's convenient. I'm a South City kid. I mean, it's a, it's a whole drive. What are you gonna say? Biggies. Helen Fitzgerald or something. <laughs> yeah. I like to go up there and see what the the 45 year old divorcee scene is. And yeah, yeah there I you go. See what I can uh, do. Hey, so I was uh um, went to the Blues game the other night. And I I talked to Bernie. And he said about this place called Twisted Tree. Have Bees you, Knees. I heard that. Bees Knees. So yes. I've heard great. Place? I haven't eaten there, but I've had so many people tell me that. Yeah. Yes. And then I ran into Don Brown. Look at you. I know. Man about town. You are right. No, I, I've decided. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, and what did he say? He said Twisted Tree, too. Everybody. I'm, I've had more people tell me that. And I'd, I'd never even heard of this place. I thought it was like a wine or something. No, it's uh, it is. It's kind of by Helen Fitzgerald. It's like... Uh, what is it? It's on Lindbergh and Gravoy, maybe? Am I right on that? Lindbergh and Watson, I think. Yeah. How long, long have you guys been here? I, uh, two years. Two years? Yeah, 17. And then you guys do you guys do one in, at the bar? Like a, any shows or anything? or no? Uh, not really. I mean, it's no. right there. It's I pretty just, convenient. Yeah. 
It's just to have everything in one spot, but the radio studio's right there. That's where Adams was, and then we do the podcast here, doing the podcast. I love being able to sit here and bullshit for like an hour. Yeah. Because like, when you're doing the interviews in New York, you're like, you have, you know you're talking in 15 and you got like 50 people around you. You're pr it's human nature to be defensive. Not that you're defensive, but it's like you don't have a chance to really elaborate. When it's live, too. Yeah, so. it's a tough spot. Um, but I love to be yeah, able so to get... Yeah, so CC had R2C2. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. He had a podcast, right? He, so does he still have it going with on? With Ryan Rucco, the guy that does ESPN games. Mm -hmm. He did some of our Yes Network stuff. But did you Did you go on that? Yeah, gone on it twice, man. He does a great job. Same stuff, just shooting the breeze, cussing, it's the best. yelling, It's the best. It's laps. the absolute yeah. best. I mean, I love that format. Yeah. The only issue here, because I can see you're starting to perspire, is we have a ventilation issue. We had... Yeah, <laughs> trying to sweat it out of him. Yeah. <laughs> we had we had Cardinal Chairman Bill DeWitt. He was sitting over here where I was sitting. You know, he's always got the yeah. the Navy sport coat on, and he's he's, yeah, he's a great interview. And then I can see the man is starting. He pulls out like a handkerchief, and I'm like, okay, that'll we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna tap her on out here at this point. <laughs> he's got enough. All right, Luke, it's been great. Thank you so much for coming in, man. I've enjoyed the hell out of it. I appreciate it. Yeah, had a fun. Um, yeah, it's a fun time, man. Thanks, brother, Luke Voigt. So there it is, Luke Voigt with us here on the Tim McKernan Show from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. We are grateful to Luke for coming in and grateful to Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies for sponsoring it. Um, and as I said uh, at the outset, just, you know, we played some of uh, the clips on, on TMA. I'm always hesitant to do that. I kind of feel like it's like, a, here, guys, listen to me do an interview on my own podcast and react. So I, I don't really like to do it. But with what Luke talked about with the Cardinals and saying thank God when he found out he got traded and his candor regarding the Astros stuff, I'm like, nah, this stuff, this supersedes it, so I'll go ahead and do it. And both the Plowhawk and Doug's immediate reaction was, wow, how about that honesty? And there were a few texts that came in when we played it. I'm going, man, how about that for an honest answer? Um, and I guess it didn't really necessarily surprise me outside of the fact that he is still relative to, to service in the big leagues, it's not like he's got 10 years under his belt. So for a guy, especially a New York player, to uh, to shoot from the hip like that, you know, kind of, uh, kind of, um, I guess, I guess that could be considered surprising, but I wasn't really surprised. I just cause I could tell that he, he doesn't really care to BS people. So really enjoyed the conversation. I always enjoy when a guest is just kind of going, yeah, this is what I think. So people can take it or leave it, but this is what I think. So thank you to Luke for coming in. And, uh, man, it'd be pretty cool to see him continue to have success and, and you know, start 140-plus games for the Yankees at first base. That'd be pretty sick. So uh, thank you to our sponsors, Ryan Kelly, thehomeloanexpert.com, Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies at evergreenstl.com, James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency at carltoninsurance.net, Johnny Chevrolet, Highway 270 in the Washington Elizabeth Exit online at londoff.com, Chevy Fine New Roads, and Design Air Heating and Cooling online at designairservice.com, the number one train dealer in the Midwest. And don't forget, subscribe to the podcast, spread the word. We got a good thing going here, and we have new interviews every week, questions from the audience every week, and pick six every week. It's the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network. Peloton, let's go. This holiday... With the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes. From running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton. Motivation that moves you.